0: Hello, and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. And you are going to love my guest today. I'm kind of in a little bit of awe. So this is going to be a really special treat for you. But today I have with me, Michael Brenner from Marketing Insider Group. Hi, Michael.
1: Hi, Priscilla. Happy New Year.
0: Oh, thanks. Thanks. I'm a big New Year uh, resolution person, and I'm one of those people that drive everybody nuts. So I'm sorry in advance. So do you are you pretty chronic New Year's resolution person?
1: You know what it's it's more of a reminder, I think for me of you know perspective and what's important and what I'm trying to value so i do I do sort of reiterate the same ones every year, you know, get in shape and mm-hmm. focus on my business and appreciate the gifts that I've been given in life and all those kinds of things, so it's just more of a a time for me I think to re you know, focus and, and redefine those those values um, more than it is, you know, I'm going to lose 20 pounds or I'm going to work out one, one hour every day or, right. you know, those kind of things. But Well,
0: you're a little bit more deep, maybe. Maybe I'm so shallow, but literally every year, my, I'm not joking, every January, my New Year's resolution, number one, is do not buy another bottle of lotion before all of the rest of them are used up. So <laughs> <laughs> this is practical advice for modern living people.
1: Oh, <laughs> so. it's a great one. I wish my wife had that one. Yeah, well, you <laughs> <laughs> you know, feel free to give it to her. So
0: <laughs> see how see how she takes to it. I don't I'll, know.
1: I'll, I might write it down and just subtly <laughs> pass it across to her as a note. <laughs> you,
0: know, you could say it was from me, so you don't get in too much trouble. So, yep. <laughs> well, we um, we I'm so excited that we got to connect um, recently. You and I were both featured in a, uh, a blog article from uh, David Reimer, which was so cool. I've known him for a, a long time, and I think you've known him for a long time.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he's from Magnificent Marketing and he had both of us featured in um in this I don't know what is like like a um the crystal ball of two thousand seventeen. <laughs> What's gonna be big, you know, for for content marketing. But I, I'm gonna put you on the spot just a little bit. I like to start usually with what we have in common and what where we met, but um I need you to share like something that absolutely there's no way I have in common with you, some fun fact about Michael Brenner that we don't know. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a second, you think. So I'm going to share mine and see this. We have to see if it works, because if you, you know, connect with me on this one, then I'm going to have to find a new one. Okay. when I was nine years old, I won a year supply of Coca-Cola in a contest. Any takers?
1: Wow! No, I did not. I never won a year supply. Okay, of <laughs> I went out there. Um, I went out there on a limb to find one. So, <laughs> so I, I think I have one. Okay. Um, it was really a highlight for me of 2016. But I, I got to uh, personally meet Mark Hamill. Are uh, you kidding me? Yes, yes. Oh. Uh, it's pretty cool. And, and the backstory, just briefly, because there's kind of a long story, but mm-hmm. um, every year, Content Marketing World, I'm f- really good friends with the folks that run that show, yeah. and they do a great job. And um, every year I write a WTF Does Their Keynote Know About Content Marketing. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, I kind of have fun with it. And so I did it for um, Kevin Spacey, and I oh, gosh, I don't even remember. Oh, John Cleese uh-huh. was, the year, was the year after Kevin Spacey, and then Mark Hamill was this past year. And um, when Mark uh, got up, and he didn't do a keynote; it was actually more of q and A. Q&A, mm-hmm. But he mentioned my article about three times. Oh my gosh! And you know, these uh, these celebrities, you know, they they, they usually have like a five minute photo shoot afterwards, and mm-hmm. three 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 VIPs are allowed to meet the speaker. Um, and you know, I walked up to the head of sales at the Content Marketing Institute, and I said, "Dude, you got to let me. You got to let me in to meet <laughs> Mark after he just mentioned me and my article three times." So they pulled me backstage um not only did i get to meet him he was a super nice guy he talked about not just my article but he remembered what i wrote and he talked about how he was like really offended at first cuz he was like why did this guy write this you know wtf article about me and uh-huh. And, and then he complimented me and said, and you actually made a great argument and then showed that, you know, that I actually embody the things that that you think are important in marketers. And I've always thought of, you know, marketers and storytellers as, you know, the same thing. And it was just a real, I had a great five minute conversation with a celebrity who, who I, you know, really looked up to. So it was pretty cool.
0: You totally have me on that one. So I, <laughs> I think it's fair to say we have found the, the perfect Venn diagram. That is so cool. And now my kids are going to think I'm cool by extension because now yeah. I'm, okay, Mark Hamill, Michael Brenner, me. That's
1: right. Or or you have to say you have to say Luke Skywalker. Oh yeah, yeah. Well you know know, Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: it's all the yeah. rage you my, my my boys that share a room when you walk out of their room it says uh, on the wall may the force be with you exactly so it's, I mean I'm in the thick of it I just put you. together an atST with my eight-year-old so I think <laughs> I've got some skills here I <laughs> got some Lego skills
1: <laughs> I had I think I had the same Christmas days yeah you did. <laughs> pretty yeah. much we, we put together three of them so yeah it was, yeah it was fun. yeah that's, that's what's mm-hmm. going on
0: at my house so let's talk what's going on at your house at marketing insider group and I you mm-hmm. know obviously we're on the same page we're day in and day out, living eat, eating, breathing, sleeping the same thing, but it's that reaching and engaging and leading to converting customers. I know this is all we talk about all day long, and so much has changed in advertising and marketing and and so much is now so hands on and and would would you agree that it's like even at the point where it's it's very a micro level? Now, you know, where advertising and marketing came from, like, much more of a macro, you know, level. Uh, Does that a fair assessment? Or or talk to me a little bit about, like, what what you see is, you know, your day-to-day at at Marketing Insider Group.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I I founded the company and really, you know, followed my passion in marketing um, after a 20-plus year career inside corporate marketing departments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, I've been there. I've done that um and the biggest struggle i had over the course of my career was really getting people to see that the world has changed that mm-hmm. you know digital and social and mobile and the kids coming up you know my my, my five-year-old's been playing on phones for three years now you know <laughs> and and it just and the way that we interact with brands has radically changed um, and yet I feel like when marketers walk inside corporate offices they kind of forget that they're a real person mm-hmm. and they you know put together these ad campaigns that interrupt the content that we're that we're all really trying to consume you know cat videos and TV shows or whatever the case <laughs> right there. Priorities, least,
0: Michael, priorities. Yes, we
1: forget <laughs> that we're real people. And, and so Marketing Insider Group, I founded... To kind of get the point across that, hey, I, I've 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 been inside corporate marketing departments. I know the sh- the pressures and the politics and the and the pain of trying to get new innovative ideas um, expressed and bought into. And now I'm just trying to help you know companies and 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 brands all over the world try to try to implement those innovations.
0: Well, and I see your work. I mean, it, it's just absolutely fantastic. But um, I also see what you do from. From within the industry, I really cannot think of another firm who seems to be looking so comprehensively at our industry and commenting on it and really helping us even know ourselves. I really appreciate that about you, your your take on – I'm just off the top of my head, think about some of the things I've, I've you know, heard you talk about and write about from – you know, brain science, which obviously is such a great, (laughs) such a great, you know, topic, but Mm -hmm. about really, you know, uh, thinking through the nuances of uh, consumer behavior and how it's changing. And, and just, I hear a lot from you about like just the degree to which customization is needed and, and visualization and things like that. So why do you think it is that you, you know, is it, is it just the 20 years of experience that you just feel it's, you see the big picture and you can comment very, very
1: intelligently on it? You know, I, I honestly I can't speak about you know the the other folks in our industry. I, all I know is that um, you know I didn't form an agency to sell stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the exact opposite of what I've spent my career talking to other people about. <laughs> um, you know, I started blogging uh, about nine years ago, almost 10 years ago. I've been on Twitter for just about nine years. And, and you know, the reason I joined those platforms, the reason I started sharing my thoughts and and the, sh- and the thoughts of others that I thought were really valuable was just because I felt like our whole industry needed um, needed to to really think about... Uh, you know, what works and what doesn't and why we do the things that we do and how we need to change. And so, I, you know, in, in a way, my intention has always been to just forward and advance our profession. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I often say marketing has a marketing problem. <laughs> and what i mean by that it's it's you know when i say that people usually they stop and they're like wait wait a minute what is it what does that mean and so and then i say okay ask your mom what marketing is right. or or your spouse if they're not in business you know i have a lot of friends that are attorneys and they think oh maybe you could help my firm we're trying to get more clients i'm like well that's not just what that's not all marketing is you know, it's not like, um, you know, the, those TV ads in the, uh, um, you know, the the shows that are on at one o'clock at night for mm-hmm. in, injury attorneys. Like, right. that's not all marketing. Marketing isn't just advertising and promotion. It's, you know, in college I learned that marketing was a conversation between a company and its customers. And so that's the marketing problem that marketing has that I think I've devoted my career to try to help solve and fix. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's from that intention you know that I hope, and I, I really appreciate you saying that. But I really hope that that's what helps me to break through in a somewhat unique way. The you know, hey, I've been there, and I know, I know the pressures that you have, um, I know the challenges of politics and the the demands of quarterly uh, you know Wall Street uh, reporting, and and all the things that we have to sell more stuff, but. But just trying to sell stuff is, is exactly what marketing needs to try to resist.
0: And do you think that's kind of what, what is broken in the agency client world where uh, clients themselves don't understand marketing and so they go get an agency just to sell more things and a lot of agencies are out there just trying to sell more things? I mean, it, it, do you feel like that's a piece that's broken
1: I definitely think that there's a, and and one of the first keynotes that I ever gave was, I called it the battle for customer attention. The interaction of agencies, brands, and publishers, because I think that you have to bring publishers into this mix now. Um, and so, yeah, I really do think that the large majority of agencies—they're um, still living off the Mad Men era, where you know you'd walk down Madison Avenue with a blank check, and they'd you know they brainstorm with some millennials on some really big ideas, and <laughs> you know, and, and then the hipsters would walk in with their beards, and they, you know, they validate those great ideas, and they would storyboard it, and you know, and, and then at the after you know after your blank check has, has has been cached, you know, you, you have an ad that you hope works but you don't really know and mm-hmm. most most of them don't. I mean, you know, most advertising isn't great. Mm-hmm. We don't remember it. And and so I think that most agencies are still working in that model uh, of interruption-based, campaign-based marketing. And and so uh there are a few agencies that have gotten on board and they've you know they've built publisher studios and and you know they they they've maybe taken a half a step in the right direction with native advertising and content studios um but the large majority of of especially the large agencies um they're just trying to take the money that they can take and programmatic banner ad buying is the easiest way to do that right. and you know to to try to differentiate themselves through their creative is another way that they try to do that It's like a black box but mm-hmm. um I I still think there's a, a reckoning coming in the client-agency relationship. Uh, I think there's a reckoning coming in the marketing technology space. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. Because, you know, and I think it's, it's you know, I always say this is just natural human instinct. Like our natural instinct is to do what's quick and easy and makes our boss happy. Right. And, you know, putting a, a logo on the side of, of a, you know, NASCAR, uh, you know, uh, uh, car or, or, you know, a, a NFL football stadium is a great way to make the CEO happy. Does it work? I don't think so. <laughs>
0: right
1: but yeah. it makes you know it's quick and easy and you can spend a lot of money making those kinds of decisions and if your boss is happy then life is good um, yeah,
0: quick and easy. You say that. And I got to say that is one of my kind of pet peeves. I, I think I think we have now entered the the era of this interview where you and I are going to rant a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, you say quick and easy. And that is one of my pet peeves. I tell people all the time with content marketing, this is look, this is what I have here. This is not a magic pill. And in fact, I don't know what I have here yet. We haven't talked enough for me to know what I have here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it, it's not a magic pill. And, you know, what, what's what been your experience? Has that been hard for you to get other companies to kind of, you know, I kind of call it like basically breaking that addiction to media buys or those quick and easy, you know, buys and, you know, kind of, you know, how do we how do we detox them off that and bring them onto something that is um takes longer, you know, to um to really build a, a solid content platform that is really. Um, you know, customized um, to the client, customized to the to the end user client. I mean, uh, you know, and is not interrupting that person's life, but is it helping them interact with the brand. Yeah. Obviously, we want them to sell it, but to that end, but it is a much longer platform build. So, what has your experience been about getting companies to see this and and decide to take that non magic pill?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, one of my favorite things to do is is to write rants, <laughs> and so I'm, I love I'm, reading your rants. So please oh, don't stop writing. Them. I, and you know, it's it's funny because my rants—I was just talking about this yesterday to somebody. Um, my rants don't get a lot of traffic or social shares, but they usually get a lot of passionate comments. Um, mm-hmm. And then the things I really love to write, and then I write—you know—the top fifty marketing events you should attend in 2017. And you know, I've they already read that some, for this year. Ten, yeah, yeah, ten thousand shares and nobody comments. But you know, so. So it's kind of like I think even I struggle with this, you know, do I create the quick and easy list post or do I really share something that I think is interesting? My first rant was, what is marketing really? And I wrote it because um, somebody sent me an article, and I won't mention the platform or the publisher or the author, Um But the guy was basically defining marketing. It's back to this marketing as a marketing problem. Mm -hmm. He defined marketing, and I even hate this analogy, that marketing is you walk into a bar and you say, hey, I'm a pretty girl. You should date me or marry me. And, and when I read that article, I flipped out in my mind <laughs> mm-hmm. and I sat down, I was actually in a hotel. I'd just given a workshop and I had a beer and I sat down and I banged out this post in 15 minutes and I, Oh,
0: oh I-, I feel a Jerry Maguire moment coming on. <laughs> uh, it
1: was, it was a little, you know, and I had to go back and like fix typos and, and, and bad sentences. But <laughs> the bottom line, my point of the article was that, you know, marketing is not, I'm a pretty girl. Marketing is how are you? right? Mm-hmm. Marketing starts with a question. It has to start with this belief that marketing is a conversation. And the best way to start a conversation is just by having genuine interest in your audience, in the other member of the conversation, not in trying to pitch them something or sell them something or, you know, present yourself in a in a light that um, maybe isn't interesting or relevant to the other person. And so that's my first rant, I think, about marketing is that it is not about selling. I was in sales. I know what selling is. Mm-hmm. Um, Marketing is establishing the trust that's required for anyone to make a purchase. Right, and And
0: that that idea of like, I love that about content marketing. I'm not creating a need. I don't need to create a need. I'm looking for people who have that need and matching them with people who have that solution. And so I don't feel like I ever have to then go and stuff, you know, something down someone's throat. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested. And the reality is that consumers aren't either.
1: Well, and I'd even go a step further and say it's about creating stuff that people are interested in before yes. they have a need so yes. that when they have the need they might think of you. Yeah. And and that's really I think ultimately the the goal of content marketing is yeah. is to really map uh map your marketing to the things that people are interested in that also relate to the expertise you have as a company.
0: Mhm. Yeah, yeah, without that uh uh, it's, it's far more of an altruistic, uh, uh, approach if you were to go extreme and say, obviously, we're still working for businesses, but it is, it does show that genuine care for the audience. They really, you know, what I love to ask my clients, what do you really want? to talk about what do you really, you know, what are you passionate about? And I, I really hate that word. So it's, it's hard for me to say that, but what, what do you really know and what can yes. you really write with authenticity about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. in a way that that, yeah, that, genuineness just speaks volumes and people can see it across, you know, a crowded room. So they will come.
1: Yeah. And it's also, I think, you know, I wrote a post on LinkedIn just a couple of weeks ago that empathy is the counterintuitive secret to success. Because I wanted to make the point, not just that being empathetic and, and altruistic and sharing your passion and expertise, not that it's it's not just a good thing, it's actually good for business. And, and you know, I think it's important. I, I think my line in that article was, how do you sell empathy to executives that don't have any? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the bottom line is that you have to show the results. I mean, I'm right. not saying that marketing should walk away from showing results. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was at SAP, I always used to get, I always used to hear, well, how much software is this going to help us sell? Um, and, you know, my answer was always more than what you're, you know, than the current campaign-based approaches are, are getting you. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and if you give me the chance and the time it requires, I can prove it. And, okay. and I, you know, and we did in so many cases. So, so that's, I think, the second point.
0: Well, the empathy that you talk about, that is a, a way of behaving that does not interrupt people. It walks alongside people. It's right. very different type of behavior. So, okay. So we're in this, this ranting, we got a lot of other things to talk about, but it, mm-hmm. any other, it, I, I got to tell you one that just, I, I just couldn't believe this. This just happened to me this year. I had a um, um, another um, colleague referring us to work um, with a, um, a company that she's working with. And the reality was that they were spending $30,000 in a month on Google ads and nobody knew what to measure. Nobody was looking at the results. There's no KPIs in there. I mean, like through the whole work. So you're right in that people can spend a lot of money. They can do the big approach, the media approach and things like that. But even in those things, they're not putting the steps into place to actually watch what's going on there, <laughs> you uh-huh. know? So, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff that is, um, when you say that there's a reckoning coming, uh-huh. those are the kinds of stories I think about saying, oh my gosh, could that reckoning go ahead and come? Because that's just a waste. And, you know, I it, I think there's so much waste going on in our industry right now. If we would just hone in and get authentic and find out what the genuine need um, is and what our genuine expertise is and offer that... It would be so much less waste. That kind of those kinds of stories drive me crazy. I mean, what what other things spring to your mind from that?
1: Well, yeah, there's um, there's two rants that I'll combine into kind of one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one is, you know, I love to say anybody can buy clicks, and that's the quick and easy thing that we love to do to make our managers happy. Mm-hmm. Hey, somebody, somebody searching for. You know, the category of stuff we sell, we should buy every one of those clicks. Well, what if you earned every one of those clicks without having to buy it, right? right. So that's, that's kind of number one. Anybody can buy clicks. 94% of B2B search traffic happens in the unpaid space. It's either referred or organic or shared in some way. Um, you know, it's not paid. So if you, only do, if you only buy clicks, you're missing 94% of the traffic that you could be you know, achieving and accruing to your, to your site. But the other one, and this is somewhat related, it's kind of the campaign brain that I call it. Um, uh, marketing with content is not the same as content marketing, and it's it's similar to this kind of campaign based approach. And people, in fact, just today I, I published uh, 184 examples of content marketing, and this guy commented, "Oh, you should go check out Google's campaign." it's another great example. I said, dude, (laughs) like in the comment, I politely said, "Um, it's a great example of of a cool campaign, but it's not content marketing. They're not publishing consistently on a platform that they own, acting like a publisher, Building an audience based on trust and, and customer-centric content. Mm-hmm. So, content marketing means consistently publishing content on a platform that you own. So, a campaign is not content marketing. An ebook is not content marketing. A brochure, or even my the most dreaded term, the viral video, is not. <laughs> those are not content marketing. It has to be consistent. It has to be a commitment to really answering customer questions and and committing to that kind of an approach because it builds value over time.
0: Well, two things you said there that kind of, you know, got me thinking is that I, I hear you and I agree with you. So many people are building so much of their platform on rented ground. And I, we hear this all the time in content circles, but I don't think people are really hearing us. Mm-hmm. You, y- it has to be your own platform. So, you know, uh, Facebook, and even like you said, you're on Twitter, we're both on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, of course we are. But that's not where we're, where we're building our audience. So, um, but the other thing you said there in there, um, oh, I was going to, I was going to mention something else. Um, what, what was the other thing you said?
1: Well, so the first one was, um, uh, Anybody can buy clicks. The second mm. one is that content marketing is a commitment, not a campaign. It's it's requires that brand owned destination of oh,
0: Right, right, right. And then you mentioned that about a viral video. That was my other I was gonna say. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked, Hey, Priscilla, can your company create one of those viral videos for us?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I um I like I, it. I had- I've had probably 15 people send me the Corning's World of Glass video, uh, which has yes. you know millions of page views, and said, "Hey, can can you create something like this for us?" And mm-hmm. there's a a guy that I'm um, really good friends with. His name is Todd Wheatland. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to be the head of digital uh, at um, uh, at an HR software company. Now he's the head of strategy at um, uh, at an Australian content agency. But his he I love this. His answer to "Can you create a viral video?" is "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> okay, <it's>, that's easy. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect because, you know, it's a perfect example of marketing with content, not right. content
0: marketing. Right, right. Do you have something to say? Yeah. But so here's um, the next thing that you and I have in common is keynoting. So um, I would like to hear, obviously I've, I've heard you, I, I love hearing you speak. Um, but in some of your experience, what's kind of one of those moments where you've said something and you kind of hear the crowd go, <gasps> You know, (laughs) what's one of your wow moments and whether you expected it to be or not, I think that's what's interesting. Sometimes when we speak to different audiences, we expect to wow them with the particular thing and they're wowed with something completely different. What's been Mm -hmm. your experience?
1: Yeah, so there's two, there's two sort of, I call them my most tweetable moments. Okay, um, I like I have, it. I have, I have, I have two. Um, you know, usually when I present, I spend a little bit of time talking about, like I start with, you know, the world has changed, and, and, and you know, people say that all the time, but then I try to back that up with some evidence and support with research, and, and also the pressure that CMOs are facing to really show results, and, and it sort of puts CMOs in this tough position because they grew up in a world knowing how to do ads, um, ads are hard to measure if, if they produce a return at all and and so we live in this new world where there 's the pressure to deliver results and also a lack of skills on how to really connect with people in a digital age. So I spent a lot of time bashing banner ads um, I, you know, I, I really I honestly have never seen anyone achieve ROI from banner ads mm-hmm. I know there 's a nutri- nutritional supplement company um, I think that sells fish oil. That um, I think they said they made $3 for every Facebook banner that they bought, um, $3 uh, in return for every dollar that they spent. If you're not selling nutritional supplements, I think it's hard to show a return from banner ads. So mm. I, okay. one of my first tweetable moments at the end of that section is um, um, that if banner ads are the villain, villain, then content marketing is the hero, the mm. hero of, of the marketing story. Um, but the one that really gets the gas, I think, in the in the audience, and I keep finding ways to reuse it because it's just it's just <laughs> I just I'm addicted to the reaction. But uh you know, I talk about all the content that we create inside organizations that goes completely wasted. And there's lots of stats. Serious decisions says it's sixty percent and my own content audits with clients shows it's it's even worse. It's something like sixty-five, like two-thirds of the content that gets created by marketers, it's not just bad or doesn't perform, it goes completely unused. Mm -hmm. And so my quote, then I have a picture of a really sort of um, grumpy looking old white white haired executive. um, And the quote is that behind every piece of bad content is an executive who asked for it wow and and the, and the point <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make to them is and and I also say, I'm not pointing the finger at this guy because mm-hmm. we're the ones we're the ones, and unfortunately it is too often a, an old white-haired guy. <laughs> but I think the point is that we are accountable as marketers for pushing back, we're accountable for showing the executives inside our company that the marketing that's most effective is the marketing that focuses on customer value. And so we have to learn to push back. And that's really the focus that I have for 2017 is helping marketers get the courage, um, to not just, to not just to begin to push back, but also to be able to present that in a way that makes sense for executives.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of fortitude. It, it, you know, while in some ways everybody agrees that the world has changed, to really have that kind of fortitude to walk into a you know the meeting and be like, no, this is what we must do. It still is very counter culture, and so that I think that's that's well worth your time spending this year trying to get people to muster <laughs> that up and, and still do it. But my my wow one is. Um, yeah, And I, I got addicted to the reaction on this one as well as I, I and I just said it one time just as a by the way of like, as I stand here right now, keynoting, I know that I have over 2000 social media posts, written, connected, graphics, you know, hashtag scheduled all, all done for the year so far. That's not say that's all we'll do. But like right now, standing here, I, okay. this is why I'm not stressed out. Yeah. Because we've already done the planning. We've already done. Uh And when I say that 2000, usually I just hear this. (gasps) And then, and then I have people literally, I'm in the middle of a keynote and they're like, raise their hand. What did you say? Say that again. You know, (laughs) I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. You know, I don't usually get audience participation during a keynote, but that's fine. But you know, that, that's the thing that people are, people are living in a, um, still in that throw the ad out there world yeah. Come in on Monday. What are we going to post? Oh my gosh, if I was thinking on a Monday what am I going to post? I mean, I'm I'm done, yep. <laughs> you know. But that mm-hmm. is the reality of where a lot of people, you know, are living. So mm-hmm. um, I want to get right back to a question that came to my mind when you were just talking about the data because, you know, I really like that um, about your book and this would be a great segue into your book, uh, The Content Formula because there is really an approach and a change in mindset to looking at the data of what's going on in marketing in that. And I think that's a great segue because a lot of times, and lately, this last year, I've been keynoting a lot to um, market researchers. So, data nerds, you know, number, I love, I love these number nerds. They're great. They, I, I even, you know, a lot of times will pull them at the end of my, <laughs> at the end of my engagement because, you know, hey, they love numbers. Let's see the stats here. But, you know, you must also be some kind of a data nerd because, you know, in the content formula, you really talked a lot. About how much is going wasted, and I can see that gasp. Um, you actually say that it's somewhere around fifty billion a year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's e con- consultancy uh, research came out. Uh, it, it, I think the middle of twenty fifteen with that stat that you know they did audits. I think across a couple hundred different B two B marketing. Um, uh, organizations and and extrapolated the the waste it's pure waste of 50 billion dollars and and you know consumer companies spend even more than b2b marketers in in marketing and advertising mm-hmm. so it's easy to get to a hundred billion dollar waste number uh you know and i think it's criminal i mean i think you know and and you know somebody once said i, I you know so, what you're saying is we need to speak truth to the you know executives that are in power. And like, well, what's the option? What's the other option? You know, lie? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to I mean, that's basically what I think many marketers are doing, whether they do it intentionally or not, We're presenting things that, you know, we're presenting vanity metrics that don't really drive business results because we can't show uh, that we're driving business results. And so maybe it's not an intentional um, uh, falsehood or lie, mm-hmm. outright lie. But but you know, I think we're all complicit in the in this sort of scheme. And and so uh, yeah, it's it's you know, it's it's a huge problem. And and it, it's it's where we have to start, right? Let's look at what we're doing that doesn't work, and then we can easily easily. I, I say the secret, the the one secret I present for contemporary. I, I'm I'm always a little bit uh, uh, shy about presenting secrets, but I do Mm -hmm. think the one secret of content marketing is it's not that expensive. You just got to look around your organization at all the waste that's happening, all the things you're creating that no one wants, Mm -hmm. and transfer that budget into customer-focused, consistent, quality content.
0: Yeah, and I think, um, well, I I totally agree, and I think that's why I hear so many uh, symptoms of this problem, like just off the top of my head, is thinking about. I get a lot of questions about how do we effectively recycle good content when we know this was good and this was, you know, this was well worth our time. I don't want to use it just once. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. use it just once. (laughs) If it if it was worth taking the time, you know, to write and research, and you know, and I I love even you know David Reimer who brought us together. It's like go talk with your colleagues, get some expert opinion, and let's see what what comes out. Take the time if it's worth doing that, then it's worth promoting more than once. (laughs) And I think there's a lot of waste on that level too. It may have gone out once. But, you know, and it could have been the absolute winner, but there just really isn't enough thought and enough patience with really high quality content to let it truly bear out all the
1: way. Well, and that's the core. I mean, the core premise of the content formula is Mm -hmm. that if you accept that content marketing is owned media, that you're publishing content on a platform you own, not on Forbes, who's monetizing the traffic on their own, Mm -hmm. but on your own platform, a great piece of content will provide value forever. Mm-hmm. It'll the, the value it may decline, but it will provide some value over time. So the basic premise of the book, and I, I you know, the analogy I use is it's like your retirement account, you know, four hundred and one k. You put you know three percent of your salary into your four hundred and one k every paycheck, um, and it's not a straight line of of increasing returns. It's an accelerating compounding rate of return, and that's the same thing with with you know if you think of blog posts, the first blog post I ever wrote is still getting traffic. It maybe only get one gets one page view, you know, a day. <laughs> But I've written 673 blog posts, and and so you know each one adds to that. You know it's it's the $100 or three percent investment that I'm making in my in my retirement. It's adding value that compounds over time. But there's you know it's the long term value yeah. um, that's there. So a quality piece of content will provide value forever.
0: Well, and I this is going to be different for everybody. I'm not trying to build a case or a secret or anything like that. But we felt it. I remember um, it was at 18 months after we absolutely earnestly campaigned, you know, did our earnest blogging and podcasting, all these kinds of things. At 18 months, it's it's almost like a light switch went on, and you know, people have to have the patience to build the platform properly and not take these shortcuts. Yeah, and shortcuts are what they are. I'm not saying you don't ever take them and you don't you know you know use them to bolster, but they cannot be. Where where we're heading, so mm-hmm. I love that, and I, I'm I'm sure I'm sure that some of my thoughts on this are probably digested from when I read your book. So <laughs> if I quote you, you know, and not mean to, it, it I I think you really strike a nerve with what what's going on. So, well, Thanks. books, we love them. You're you're connected to a lot of uh, writers. Um, you know, you have a lot of other authors that are your friends. Um, so what what are you going to be reading this year?
1: oh geez um <laughs> oh <so> geez. <laughs> I, I have I'm staring at a at a stack yeah um, I know right? And uh, they're pretty diverse. I mean, one thing that I, I really used to do before I, I had four kids, I think around number two, I, I really stopped finding the time to to read. But um, but what I love to do is kind of switch between you know kind of fiction, business, and and history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just based on the play Hamilton, I, I bought Ron Chernow's um, like 900 page tome on Alexander Hamilton. Oh so that's that's on the list. Um, cool. A business perspective I have uh, Kevin Kelly's The Inevitable um, Smarter Better Faster by Charles uh, DuHig, who um, uh, he wrote another book that I forget the name of it that I read that's really good um, what else do I have over here um, let's see um, I, The Purpose Economy uh, that's Purpose by Aaron economy. Hurst huh, I've never heard Purpose of that. Economy um, now yeah. Michael
0: are you asking for a lifeline here do you want an accountability call at about mid-year <laughs>
1: How are uh, well, these books so, coming along? <laughs> it's going to, I think, you know, it's usually I get, so I find some time opening up in the summer, uh, yeah. I think like many of us. So I would say maybe in September, if you want to give me an accountability call, that would okay. be fine. Okay,
0: all right, all right, I'll give you that time. Well, hey, you know, I realized that your book came out on Audible and, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, I actually, I'm going to go back and listen to it because that's so, to me, that's really enjoyable. It wasn't out in audible, at least that I noticed when I, when I first read it. Otherwise I, mm-hmm. I probably would have. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, just on that note, I'm going to go back and reread something else. And I, I'm, I know she's a friend of yours, Anne Hanley. I think oh, yeah. it was a great book. Everybody writes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I just, I love that. And that, I think that's been like two years now since I yeah. read it, but I pulled it out of my shelf um, a couple weeks ago and I'm like, this definitely in 2017, I think it is still absolutely appropriate. And I thought this is going to be another good read. So I'm going to go back and do that. Um, new stuff on is, uh, I just got Content Inc. by uh, Joe Polizzi. And yeah. I know you guys are friends too, right? Yeah, You yeah. and then Ann Hanley. You you wrote, um, uh, I think you wrote an actual uh, review for Anne's book
1: you <laughs> Um, I think I'm in it, actually. Uh, so Everybody Writes, I it's it's like a, a workbook for me. I keep it at my desk and mm-hmm. refer to it. Like just the other day, I was trying to m- better codify my tone and voice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do I, you know, what's the right way to, and I'm like, wait, wait a minute, this is a chapter in Ann's book. And I went back and I actually oh, called her and funny. I told her about it. Yeah. But uh, no, I love Everybody Writes. And, and yeah, I wrote the foreword for Joe's Epic Content Marketing. And um, and I think I wrote blurbs for, for, for both of them on both of their books. Oh, uh, content- on his first one, on his Epic Content one? On epic Content marketing, yeah. And, yeah, and content, I love content, Inc. It, it, it really supports the content formula. It's basically, how do you build a content brand and show the value, that's the whole point, um, you know, show the value to the business, and, and Joe's formula is pretty simple, it's you build the audience. You focus on subscriptions and engagement, and then you monetize it. You know, and then you launch a product and service. You don't. Most most of us in, in business, we we you know, come up with an idea, create the product or service, and then we and then we f- start thinking about marketing. Right. Content Inc. <laughs> really flips that model and says, no, build the audience first. Mm-hmm. Build the audience, figure out what they want, and then start to iterate on what they need.
0: Yeah. And Ryan Ryan really- talks about that too, and Ask, mm-hmm. and so th- I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm I'm still going to read it, even though you just gave me the good cliff notes. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, so hey, and then uh, you, you mentioned you're reading a history one. I'm reading um, Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle Nelton. I heard her speak at an emerging women conference. She's is a powerful, powerful uh, woman. And I, I love keeping up with what women are doing. Uh, you know, in, in business and also just uh, hopefully changing some of the mindset and uh, of what's going on in the world. So yeah. I, I'm really, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's a great balance for me. That's so, great. Yeah. yeah.
1: So what, uh, I have one other recommendation. I okay. Ask. Yeah. There's a book I read every year okay. and it's free, It's Creativity Inc. It's uh, Ed Catmull, who's the president uh, at Pixar now, now Disney animation Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, but Creativity Inc. I think is an amazing book for anyone in marketing. Uh, Ed talks about the story of how Pixar created this amazing string of successes that has never been seen in Hollywood and probably never will be again. Mm -hmm. Um, And he talks about the magic behind it and there's a, a line from that book and I'm gonna paraphrase a little bit, but he says, you know, the, the key secret for them was keeping in mind that the audience is the hero of the story and that the teams inside inside Pixar are the hero of his story. And and I think just, you know, the fact that he kind of puts all of that credibility and, and credit down to the creative people inside Pixar mm-hmm. um, with a real focus on audience and building a great story for the audience, um, I think is a lesson every marketer needs to to keep in mind.
0: Oh, I love it. Okay. I'll, I'll put it on my on my at, on my foundational <laughs> <it's> a list <laughs> yeah so where where are we gonna see you this year what's coming up for you how can we find you
1: oh let's see well you can find me online all the time marketinginsidergroup.com, dot uh, com on twitter at brenner michael but you're you're asking about events I guess
0: yeah yeah where am I gonna hear you
1: yeah, so um, uh, I think I'm gonna be at Marketo's Marketing Nation, Marketing Summit. I love uh, love their event in San Francisco in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely always at Content Marketing World in September. Mar- Anne Hanley's Marketing Profs B2B Forum in October. Uh, and then I have a, like a, I'm I'm hitting sort of the international circuit a little bit this year. So I'm going to be uh, at a marketing automation uh, congress, as they call it, in Poland. Um, I'm going to be doing some stuff in uh, in the uh, Netherlands, I believe, in Peru, um, in Australia. So I'm really looking forward to kind of meeting marketers all over the world this year.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm going to be in London soon. I'll be keynoting um, next uh, next month. Um, but we need to link our schedule here see if we can mm-hmm. we can have a power lunch in the yeah. middle of that you mentioned mm-hmm. when you were in london a lot that you'd be you basically just lived on the tube so That's you amazing. know I mean, we will pick a spot and we can we can find it. So yeah. awesome. Well, um, guys, you got to check out um, uh, this book, the content formula. Um, I, I can't just, you know, say more about you. I really love your blogs, Michael. I think the voice is right on. But um, please don't stop ranting about things because I just <laughs> it's so nice to hear the voice of common sense <laughs> going on out there in the marketing world. And it's just it's so helpful. I appreciate um, your insight. It, it, it really is. Um, it really is helpful when I think about uh campaigns and we kind of need to just stop for a minute let's breathe Mm -hmm. what are we doing here Mm -hmm. and and you know what what do we want to have said we spent our day doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's
1: super great so awesome
0: so one more time your twitter handle and and where they can find you online
1: Yep, um, website is marketinginsidergroup.com, uh, Twitter is at Brenner Michael, and I'm also on LinkedIn, Facebook, and happy to connect with uh, folks anywhere.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michael. This has been fantastic. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of comments, but listeners, whatever you want to hear um, from next, I'm sure you got wowed, but if there's a couple of other subjects that you feel like we glossed over and you want to go a little deeper, make sure to leave us a comment um, or shoot us uh, an email at Little Bird, we always have our contact uh, information up there at littlebirdmarketing.com. So Michael Brenner from Marketing Insider Group, thank you so much for being a guest on Ponderings from the Perch.
1: Thanks so much, Priscilla. This was fun.
0: This is Priscilla McKinney with Michael Brenner saying have a great day.